Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Tuesday, we're here. It is Broncos for Breakfast. No, Broncos for Breakfast. Gosh, man, I am. my days are so mixed up going on right now. I've been here, there, and everywhere driving across Iowa. I'll tell you, driving across Iowa, it's a... Uh, it's a little bit, it's uh, I keep looking on the horizon, looking for some mountains or Mount Rainier or something. Cause I've been out there. This is the first time leaving the state of Iowa since August, 2020. And uh, it's good to be back. Good to see people, but I'm, I'm already kind of missing Seattle, but I'm not missing you guys. How are you doing, Scott? I'm good. I do like, it's one of the things I really like about Georgia is the topography, you know, the green and the hills and stuff. But when, my first year in California, um, I'm driving, I don't even remember Jefferson, I think was the road and it leads straight towards the highway due East. And I was there about nine months when I looked up and I was like, hey, there's a mountain out there. <laughs> the first time I'd seen it in the nine months that I lived there, because I think it was winter and everything had been nice yeah. and cool and crisp and clear. Um, the, you know, the air quality is definitely improved, but it can still get pretty, pretty hazy in, yeah. uh, in West L.A. I got to get myself to the Sierra, uh, Sierra Nevada mountains sometime in the central California. It looks beautiful there. Dying to do the John Muir Trail sometime in my life. That's a uh, that's a bucket list item. Two hundred and eleven miles and do that over a month that'd be that'd be amazing but we'll see listen up broncos country tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever tick pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the huddle up podcast and the blue wire network denver broncos football is finally back and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find broncos tickets anymore because tick pick that's t-i-c-k P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for Week 3 at home, Broncos versus Jets, Tick Pick had us locked down. So visit tickpick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Um, but yeah, guys, welcome into Broncos for Breakfast. It is Tuesday morning. I oh, could we have Carolina with stars here? Yeah. Let's well, let's cut me off. Cut yeah, the mic. Carolina, Carolina. Lens with uh, with stars coming in early, and uh, that that feels like a new name to me. So welcome to the show. Appreciate you uh, having joining us on a on a crisp Tuesday morning. Yeah, I recognize the name Carolina Lens, I, I, but it, it's a pretty awesome name. Carolina is a cool name. So uh, let's get into it. Um, guys, you can follow Scott and myself on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy over there. I am at Nick Kendall MHH. You can also follow our main accounts um, at Huddle Up Pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. All of us on Twitter. Interact with, uh, interact with us on Twitter. Ask us questions. Anything on here that um, you say, man, that's a great point, or man, you're a total idiot. Uh, come at me. Uh, maybe don't bother Scott as much, but you can come at me with the uh, the bad takes. Nick, remember how you said, you know, maybe Shermer is not as bad as everyone says? Come at me. I'm about it. It's all good. Um, huddleuppod.com to get your gear on. I don't have, I didn't fly back with any of my mile high huddle gear. Luckily, I do have my Broncos Christmas stuff. 
But Scott does have his mug there. So uh, make sure you're checking out the store there at huddleuppod.com. Not too late to get yourself a Christmas gift or to, or for your favorite Bronco fan. Um, also make sure you're joining us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. Become a supporter today. And facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. If you guys have iTunes or uh, any sort of podcast review where you listen to this after the fact, or you just have one where you're joining us live, uh, but you listen to podcasts, find Huddle Up Podcast on iTunes. Go there, leave us a five star rating, leave us a comment, and uh, that can do us help us a lot. We we would appreciate that greatly. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe, like, and share to this channel, Mile High Huddle, as well as Scott's channel, YouTube.com forward slash c forward slash Scott Kennedy. And I just want to keep pumping Scott up here. He just got to uh, 1,000 subscribers, so uh, the ball's really going to start rolling there over on Scott's channel. You don't want to miss anything over there, so make sure you're subscribing to Scott's channel, and uh, we'll be there live tomorrow to talk a little bit of draft and uh, Falcons and just football in general. Yeah, absolutely. Just got done. Uh, I watched a little bit of the second half again of the the Broncos and Bengals before we pivot completely to next week. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of wanted to see, get another look at, at what Drew Locke was bringing to the offense because it's, if it hasn't been announced, I mean, he's he's going to be the starter this week. I would almost yeah. bet everything on. I mean, has it been announced, Nick? Um, I don't think it's been officially announced. I'm not saying that Teddy's out, but like it would be malpractice, in my opinion, to put Teddy out there after his second head injury in two months. Like, you yeah, can't and, do that. And seeing the head injury, it was a little odd. You know, it wasn't quite like a an, an impact. You know, it wasn't a helmet to helmet or or something like that or a knee to the head. Uh, it was almost like a forehead to the turf, uh, like yeah. like it jammed his neck or something. And that mm-hmm. was that was uh, it was a little strange. But either way, like it, it wasn't to me a typical bash concussion type of thing, yeah. which makes me think he could come back a little earlier. But I don't I don't want him to, you know, no. if, if it was a neck injury, even worse uh, that knocked him out. It was almost like he got, you know, a DDT old Jake the Snake move. Um, to the ground is how we went face first into the turf like that. So, um, but got to watch, uh, you know, the good, the the good parts of Drew Locke a lot when, when he came in, it's like, all right, the ceiling on this kid, if he can play at this level, what are you going to get? And, you know, it, it's obvious, you know, he can hit the boundaries and, and he will make the throws that, that Teddy Bridgewater either can't or won't, including the touchdown pass to Tim Patrick, not necessarily a great pass, no. but, he gets it off with a rush in his face because he's tall and big back foot because he can has enough strong uh, an arm to throw it and gets it to a one-on-one situation where he lets his receiver make a play. Yes. Yeah. Yes, please. That's great. Um, but then, you know, the bad drew lock is, is then the reads of the defense, including the RPO, the, 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 the read option. And he was doing something on every handoff, whether it was a bootleg or, uh, you know, a delay, you know, a, a statue of Liberty type fake, um, and that was the one time he he kept it and really the one that he he shouldn't have. So it was a, again, we saw a lot of the good and a lot of the bad in one microcosm of, of Drew Locke on, uh, on uh, the game on Sunday. Yeah. And we got John Clay Evington coming in here saying, good morning, y'all. Good to see you. Carolina saying, uh, thanks guys. You are so nice. Uh, just stick around. We'll, we'll show you that we're not that nice. Um, but, uh, if, uh, <laughs> it's good to see we're in the holiday spirit, even the Broncos, uh, lost. We also got Miguel coming in here saying, good morning, fellas with the stars. Thank you so much, Miguel. Shout out to you. Uh, I know yeah, I feel coffee, like we asked you from Miguel. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Miguel. Heck yeah. Luckily I've been mooching on my mom's coffee this week, but, uh, That'll be a that'll be a future investment in coffee from Miguel here. Um, I know I feel like we ask the same questions all the time, but what players would you be willing to trade in a deal for Rodgers or Wilson? Me personally, Drew Dalton and Shelby. Um, 
Well, uh, Drew Locke does not have much trade value. Um, I'm just going to say it point blank. Maybe if he plays really well down the stretch here, you can go from like a six round pick to like a fourth round pick for him. But uh, I think people, you need to understand that teams are going to evaluate these guys on the broader sample size. And the broader sample size for Drew Locke has been um, left people wanting. Um, so you're probably not going to get that much from him. And he also would only have one year left of control. Don Reisner maybe would have some value uh, because he is a guard and he would only have one year left of control, but he's cheap on his rookie deal. Um, so he maybe would have the value of maybe a fourth round pick or something in there. But so it's not a lot, but uh, it maybe that's enough to get you over the edge where you want to hold on to some of that uh, that draft capital. I personally, I think he's probably more value on your team, hoping he takes a step forward next year. And then maybe you either resign him or get a comp pick, but we'll see. Shelby Harris is one where you sign him to a deal and I think his contract is easy to get out of after 2022, but next season it probably leaves you a little bit too much dead cap um, to do that. And again, like what teams are going to be asking, not about those three guys. Teams are going to be asking about Jerry Judy. Teams are going to be asking about uh, maybe Quinn Miners. Teams are going to be asking about Draymond Jones. Uh, the, the players like that, Noah Fant, like guys who were have the high draft pedigree and have shown and are still on the rookie contract. Yeah, I'm going to try and simplify this for you. Uh, you're not going to be able to put guys you don't want in a trade for a player you do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the guys in there, you're like, okay, me personally, Drew, okay, Drew Locke, you know, you, you might be able to get a seventh round for him, uh, you know, in, in the contract than one. Unless, of course, and then I'm going to come back to this, you know, Fat Daddy Dallas comes in and says, Drew Locke wins the next three and we sneak into the playoffs in Hawk Street and upset someone in the first round. You know, that's not completely out of the question. And if that happens, now... Drew Locke becomes a very good tradable asset, which is a bonus. Certainly it's yeah. a bonus. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, even if he was playing great, was on a one-year deal. There's no upside there. So now maybe Drew Locke plays great and you still don't want him. Somebody else will. You know, yeah. Teddy Bridgewater played himself into a $66 million contract on the basis of five good football games. Desperation, and the Panthers yeah. lost their mind. People do a lot of stupid stuff when it comes to quarterbacks. Um, it's going to cost you to get one of those guys. It's going to cost you stuff. You don't want to give up. You know, it's going to cost you guys that you, you really, it's, it's going to, it's going to be painful, whether it's a lot of draft capital and, or a couple players that are really good, uh, in the Jerry Judy mold. Um, you know, maybe, uh, well, Melvin Gordon's gone, you know, Javante Williams, he ain't going anywhere, but it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you a lot of what you don't want to give to get a player like that. And for both of these quarterbacks, too, I think something we need to talk about is that these players have the ability to kind of dictate where they're going to go. And maybe you don't want to be giving up players that are good and on their rookie contracts or whatever, because then that like, let's say Aaron Rodgers is like, oh, wait a second, you're sending Patrick Sertan back to Green Bay um, for for me. Like I part of the reason I want to go there is because you have Patrick Sertan, like because he's a really good player and he's like one of the best young cornerbacks in football. So if you do that, maybe I'm not as interested. So it's probably going to be mostly built around maybe a fringe player on the defensive side of the ball, the offensive side of the ball. Um, but mostly draft picks. And that's, yeah, that's where could you afford to give up a really good player? Probably wide receiver. You know, it would have to three, be Jerry Judy. You've got three really good wide receivers under pretty good contracts that are, make them movable uh, in Sutton, Patrick and Judy. Mm-hmm. That is where I would be looking if I was on the other side of that deal. So you're, you're going to send me one of those guys and you're going to send me a bunch of good draft picks. Yeah. It's, it's mostly going to be draft picks and uh, just some, some rules here, I guess for you guys, um, you can only trade draft picks up to three years into the future. Uh, so like you can't send first round picks for 10 years for Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. It would have to be 2022, 2023, 2024. The one caveat is, and this is such a weird thing. I think it was Ian Rappaport who uh, mentioned it on a, uh, 
show that he was on. Once the first team is officially on the clock, you can start trading the the 2025 picks. So once the draft is underway, teams that are the, able to trade four years worth of draft picks instead of the three. So maybe that's maybe you see a trade happen during the draft because that uh, <laughs> you have more draft picks available to trade. Um, otherwise, you wouldn't. So we'll be interesting. Um, but I really hope that these quarterbacks, it's the age of quarterback empowerment, right? We've already seen in the NBA with LeBron James. Quarterbacks need to understand how much power they have as well, whether that be a seat at the table or dictating where they go. Hello, I mean, hello, Trevor Lawrence. Are you listening? Like, what's what's going on down there in Jacksonville? Maybe you should get GTFO. Um, but, uh, man, poor buddy. Uh, but, um, Is that a video game? GTFO. Uh, it's a new racing can, game? Yeah, you guys can have a good time with that one. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> yes, no, it would be, I'm hoping that the, those Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, both teams in the NFC, uh, not many AFC teams in a position to maybe go get that guy, um, can at least like dictate it for the Broncos limit. The market means the Broncos have less competition and they can go give up some draft picks. So we'll see. Um, we're going to have a lot of off season to talk Aaron Rodgers and Russell, Russell Wilson. So, uh, we'll move on from that, but thank you for the comment, Miguel, the super. And, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun talking about that because gosh, it's fun to fantasize about that versus, you know, Hey, we're going to bring in Andy Dalton and draft Sam Howell in the first round. Like, uh, that's, that scares me, but, um, is what it is. I'd rather have Rogers or Wilson or Ryan or Kirk cousins, honestly. Uh, but Peter Milton. So better news in the draft then. Um, you mean, what do you mean about that? Peter it means you're, you're up to number 13 is what it means. So right now, yeah, yeah, it is. It is much better news in the draft now. Right now on on Tankathon, you're you're sitting with the the 13th pick. So uh, at seven and seven, the difference between being nine and being 25 is like a game and a half right now. So Mm -hmm. you're up to 13. Hey, okay. If we're not going to make the playoffs, I'd rather be the seven and seven team that's at 13 instead of the seven and 10 team that's at 19. What is it actually? Like the 17 is seven, six, and one. So yeah, the, the the difference between 13 and there's one seven and seven team ahead of you in Miami. And guess what? They're winning. They're yeah. winning. Really, they're on a hot streak right now. They won six in a row. Um, Minnesota is at 19 because they're in the playoffs. Um, Baltimore is at 18. So the 23rd pick is one game ahead of you. Yep. Eight and six. And there are 15 teams that have either six, seven or eight wins. So talk about a cluster. You know what? Uh, there in the middle of the draft. The Broncos are in a good the spot, I guess. The pick is the Bengals, who's one game ahead. So this game, this one game was 12 spots. Yep. Yep. It's uh, it's rough. Um, The Broncos do have one thing in their advantage when it comes to the draft. Sitting there at 7-7 seven and seven is they have one of the lower uh, strength of schedules in football. Now they are behind your Falcons, Scott. Uh, but 483 is going to put you... Uh, you're going to win the tiebreaker against most teams with that strength of schedule. Now the Miami dolphins, they have seven and seven. They actually have a worse strength of schedule. That's why they're picking above the Broncos, but most of these teams above the Broncos are sticking around 500. So we'll see. Um, Broncos do have an outside chance at a top 10 pick personally, where I'm sitting looking at this draft class right now. I don't think there's much of a difference between like the ninth pick and the 18th pick. Um, because I don't think this, the top of this class, there's like six guys I think would be, maybe a top 10 to 15 most years, but I don't think this is an amazing draft class. So what's the best thing to do then? Uh, win and make yourself look good for a potential quarterback uh, or, or move down. But I, I think win games and make yourself like a Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and be like, you're winning with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. I could go undefeated with that roster um, with uh, because those guys are trash. And uh, who knows what Aaron Rodgers so thinks. Maybe but. I can pick up another third rounder or another second rounder if I go from 13 to 16. Yeah. You know, I, something I like mean, that. I'm about that. I'm also forget it, but trading down, trade 
trade, I guess, trade down years. <laughs> trade your 20, trade excess out. 20. Yes, trade out 2022 to 2023 capital. Um, kick that can down the road. If you can't get that quarterback this year, gear up for 2023. You have the excess yeah, who, capital to do it. Who gets desperate that they want to jump up from the second round to the first round to get Matt Corral or Malik mm-hmm. Willis or, or somebody like that? Uh, uh, the kid from UNC, Sam. Sam Howell. How I want to call him Huff. I'm like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not even that old. Uh, I didn't watch him play. Um, Travis Tarbuck says, "Morning, fellas. So glad I'm able to catch you." So Travis had a shift change, so it's going to put him with us in the mornings. Hey, so hey. welcome, Travis. We're certainly glad to have you, and we appreciate the stars, my friend. Michael Renquio Ren- Ren- comes in and says, "Good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Go Broncos!" And as always, Michael, thanks for the stars on all of the shows that you come in. I think you finished number one last night on the stars. Uh, two and already off, you know, getting off to a good start again today already. Um, Peter Middleton, Broncos win this week. Uh, I mean, did you watch the Raiders last night? That is a team that is inept as hell. Um, they're not very good. They still won because the Browns were um, decimated. Decimated. Yeah. Um, but that's not a very good Raiders team. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, the thing is, like, how. Who shows up as Drew Locke? Because he's probably the starter. And Drew Locke, the last time they went to Las Vegas, th- threw four picks. And it was just horrible. And you cannot win games throwing four interceptions. I don't give well, a hoot if it's more fun. You, it's you watched him in this last game, and he got off to such a good start. It's like, all right, if you can maintain that. But then as soon as he had the bad play, he fell off a cliff. So, you know, the confidence is just paper thin on this kid right now. That if he can get off to a good start and put him in some good situations, some nice, short, easy passes, some bootlegs... Hit hit Noah Fant, your buddy from Iowa, and uh, and and you're going to be in in pretty good shape. So, um, you know, again, it's to, to him, it's get him off to a good start, get his confidence going, because once he gets rattled, he's he's in he was in trouble. Um, I did watch some of the Chicago Bears last night, and I it's like wait, this is in Chicago, and I was just watching the calls that were going against them. I was like, are you joking me? They really it's want just, those uh those Giants to get another top pick to for the for the NFL draft, right? Oh, <laughs> That's man, what it there seems a, like. There is a play. They they got like three first down conversions on penalties after the the Bears had held, and then went down and scored a touchdown. I'm like, it's really really hard to win games like that. Yeah. Um, a couple of them were discipline stuff, silly stuff, but one of them was a play pulling a pulling tackle. The corner comes up and submarines him to make the tackle on the running back that's right behind him. And they called him for going low on the offensive lineman's legs. Yeah. I'm like, he made the tackle, dude. Come on. Yeah. Man, that I don't was, know. We uh, don't want to. We don't want to. That was the net extended to drive. I was like, that's got to be revisited. That's that's pretty bad. And I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole, but I know they still lost. But man, if you were watching that game last night and you can't see that Justin Fields has <laughs> everything you want as a quarterback, I don't I don't know, man. He's. He, if you get, I think that Bears position, even though they don't have the draft capital, might be one that's pretty highly sought after. Because if I was an offensive mind with what Fields is bringing to the table and starting to come together, I would be very interested. And he's going to be the same age as uh, Mac Jones next year, so he's still pretty darn young. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. And there's going to be a lot of turnover in the uh, AFC North on the horizon. I mean, the Vikings are going to have a turnover. The Rodgers moving on from Green Bay at some point. So I don't know. I mean, I I would be interested if I was a coach. For six months, I said number two for him, and I haven't seen anything to change my mind just yet. Yeah, don't tell that to some people in Broncos country. They uh, they have a personal vendetta for Justin Fields to lose um, because of what happened in the draft. But. Oh, that's okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'd be perfectly happy with Patrick Sertan for sure, oh, too. And, yes. and as, uh, as Mile High Tree says, there's no difference between 9 and 18 in the draft. 
I think I think what you mean here is you know the prob- is this is how teams look at it. Um, there's the, the, everybody's in tiers, and you have your blue chippers at the top, and then you have your first round ga- grades, and then you have your second round grades. And from talking with people in the league more in the know than I am, and uh, talking with people like Dane Brugler or whatnot, you know, DMing, sliding into Dane Brugler's DMs, talking to him, he's like, "This is a class that has like some of the lowest amount of first round grades that I've seen in a while from people, and some of the lowest amount of blue chippers um, up at the top." You might see like at, off the top of my head, um, obviously you have Aiden Hutchinson and. Uh, Thibodeau, who are at the top. Um, Evan Neal is up there as well. I really like Ike Maquanu, but I need to see what his arm length looks like. Uh, Charles Cross is another one. Derek Stingley, Kyle Hamilton. After that, I, I don't think I'm missing anybody there. Uh, those are the, I would say, the top guys. After that, it's just a plummeting um, of guys that you might have 10 or 12 first-round grades, and that's that whole range there from, let's say, 8 to 18. And it's really going to be more of a flavor preference, but those guys are going to be put on the same tier um, for a lot of teams' draft boards. Hindsight is going to tell us that there are is a big difference between 9 and 18. But the foresight is going to say it's going to be tough to figure out which one is which because all of the tools that you use to evaluate players like that, they're all coming out pretty similar. That's why their grades are all pretty similar. And that's why I like if you grades. really like a guy, uh, like two or three guys, you know, trading down. You know, mm-hmm. If you can move down a little bit, I think it's uh, – if you find yourself in that situation, move down and, yeah. and get a couple extra picks because, again – it isn't an inexact science and you may get a Caden Stearns in the fit with the fifth round that you picked up by moving down for in the, in the third round, you know, going from 40 to 48, you pick up an extra fifth. It mm-hmm. turns out to be Caden Stearns. Awesome. You know, yep. those, those are the kind of things you're looking to do. So Travis comes in and he says, uh, appreciate the stars again. Travis says most of the mock drafts I've seen has us taking uh quarterback Malik Willis, your thoughts. Um, I mean, it's so hard to judge quarterbacks from here. Um, it's obvious that Malik Willis has the combination of arm talent and athleticism that is like the starter kit for a young, uh, blossoming franchise quarterback. And he is on a team that like the offensive system is very simplified, and that's partially because of the talent he has around him and the league he plays. Um, so like, what's the the mental jump going to be for him as far as processing and running an offense in the NFL? Um, he's also, I think, a little bit older compared to some draft picks. I'm not as old as uh, Kenny Pickett, but I think he's going to be 23 um, next year uh, off the top of my head, which is a little bit older than you want your quarterback to be maybe by one or two years. It, it's not enough to take me, take him off the board, but maybe, yeah, you know, not so much as breaker. a skill guys though. That's not as yeah. big a concern. No. Yeah, totally. Uh, but I get it. Yeah. I mean, you're looking for reasons to pick one guy or the other when the margins are this mm. small. If one guy's two years younger, it's like, okay, that seems like an obvious tiebreaker for me. Um, yep. So that's that's where those kind of things start to matter for me personally. Um, but yeah, Malik Willis is fun. It's the pre-draft process is going to be huge for him. I really hope that with everything going on in the world right now, um, that we still have a senior bowl and everything because Malik Willis going down there and seeing those guys throw side by side, um, it will be huge. Um, that really helps us uh, separate the haves from the have nots in those kind of situations. I mean, you, you've been down in the senior bowl. You can tell a guy when they're throwing in the reps side by side, like that guy has an NFL arm that guy is going to be lucky to be a backup. Yeah. It's, uh, the first thing you watch is that 20 yard out. It's like, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and down to mobile in January, it gets windy as heck too. Yeah. Um, so you can, you can see the tools uh, again. I'll say it for the 4,000th time. Uh, the problem with quarterback is it's the position that relies the least amount on the tools and the most on what you can't scout, which is what you can't pick up watching them do drills. You know, it's just, yeah. that's where the games and the film and you really have to go back. I can watch, I can watch Spencer Brown and see his combine numbers. I can watch him in all those drills at offensive line and say, yeah, yeah, that's he, he's a dude. 
Yeah. Um, but it's a little bit harder with uh, and, it, and it's it's really impossible with linebackers and running backs because if you're mm -hmm. not hitting or being hit, you don't know anything about them except you know can they catch the ball and that's about it. How do they move in open space? But I don't know if they can make tackles or break tackles. Um, yep. 100%. Skyler comes in here and says, I'm, I'm all for firing the staff, but if we fire uh, Vangio, are we worried Andrew Reid will pick him up? You know, I saw a little bit of this, and I, I came up another dating analogy when the question was, you know, my worry is if Drew Locke goes somewhere else and, and, and flourishes. Well, my worry is if we get rid of Fangio and he goes somewhere else and flourishes. That's almost like the high school boyfriend-girlfriend thing. It's like, you know, I... I I, I don't like being with her, but I'm, I don't want to see her with anybody else either. I'm like, no, that's the wrong reason to this hold on toxic. to somebody. It's the wrong <laughs> reason to hold on to a coach. It's the wrong reason to hold on to a player. Mm -hmm. If it's not working out, dude, cut ties. And the first question you will ask yourself is, why did I wait so long? So, no, Fangio will find another job in a hurry when he's mm -hmm. gone. And he will be a damn good defensive coordinator for somebody as he tries to rehabilitate his head coaching resume, if, it, if he even wants to. He's going to make I mean, enough money on his Broncos contract. He doesn't ever have to work again. Um, you know, he, those are usually at least $3 million a year for four or five years. He's talking, you know, $15 million. He's set. So yeah. he'll coach because he wants to, and he'll find a place where he can be very successful and be on a successful team. That's not a reason to keep him if you don't want him. I think you're looking at the wrong team here um, as far as uh, AFC West, what makes sense. Uh, Steve Spagnuolo has been pretty good for Andy Reid, considering the lack of premium resources they've been they've spent on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and he's done a pretty good job year after year under Andy Reid, and those guys have a deep connection. It's a connection league. Like I said, who has Vic Fangio worked with? Hmm. How about the guy over in uh, Los Angeles with the Chargers um, named Brandon Staley, who got his start and runs the same scheme as Vic Fangio? That defense for the Chargers, it's the first year implementing that scheme, and Ronaldo Hill is their defensive coordinator right now, and he's been fine. He's a young up-and-comer, but like, if Vic Fangio becomes available, and I'm Brandon Staley, I'm like, heck, I'm going to go get the Masters. So that way I can do do more of a CEO stuff and the teaching kind of stuff that I love to do and uh, keep having awesome press conferences and let Vic just go be the defensive curmudgeon in the corner. And hey, Vic, why wouldn't you want to go to Los Angeles? Maybe rub it into Denver a little bit. And also, hey, you have one of the top two young quarterbacks in football. Um, that's something that this team has dreadfully lacked. So uh, I think the Chargers are the one that makes the most sense for Vic if uh, he does end up uh, moving on from Denver. So. And Peter coming in again says, I, I still hope for a Broncos when I'm already looking forward towards free agency and hopefully a better draft position. And that's the hope. We, we talk about this all the time. The hope is what fuels us as fans. And that's why free agency and draft and recruiting is so much fun. Mm -hmm. we, I hope this is going to be the guy that does it for us. And there's a lot of that in free agency and uh, and draft. And it's, it's really hopeful when you've got a couple, when you've got a team, a couple different ways to look at this. When you've got a team like grab your cup, the Falcons, with a zillion holes, the improvement is going to be easy because there's so many good holes. When you got a team like the Broncos, the areas of weakness are there aren't many, so it should be fairly easy to plug. It's not easy always getting a quarterback, but yeah, you should it. be able to fill your biggest need a little easier because you can pour all those resources into that spot and hope that this is the guy that moves us to the next level. And it's fun. It's absolutely fun. Yeah. Why, why we watch all this stuff? Why we watch it 12 months a year? Otherwise, we just, you know, wave our flags and go to games and say, go Broncos. Yeah, I am. Uh, I am curious to see what the Broncos do in the draft. Obviously, need to see what happens in free agency in the quarterback position first, because that is the 
the only question that really matters. I guess the ownership and the head coach matters too, but like on the field, it's pretty obvious. It's the quarterback's the only one that matters. And um, I hope that Peyton will not be hasty in that situation. It does sound like, uh, again, I talk with a lot of people in Broncos media or some people in the Broncos uh, front office or in the NFL in, in general um, connections that you make when you <laughs> go cover the combine and stuff, right? Hey, uh, who are you? Okay, let's talk. Um, but <clears throat> I am a little bit concerned talking with Andrew Mason that the Broncos might be aggressive in this draft. If they don't get one of the veteran quarterbacks and trade up for a quarterback that scares the bleep out of me. Cause I don't really like this class that much, but if they love a guy, then I get it. Um, they, they work in with more puzzle pieces than I will ever have. So uh, who you hope they get it right. But that kind of scares me a bit. We'll see. Uh, Miguel coming in yeah, here saying, this, let's say the Broncos a, a Matt Jones guy would, would transform this team right now. Uh, as opposed to you don't need Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers for this team to be from seven and seven to 10 and four. You, you know, Mac Jones would make that difference for this team. Oh, man, I don't know if I agree with you because they're not asking him to do very much and the team on the Patriots is better. He's and I still think Teddy... doing more than Teddy Bridgewater and he still protects the ball pretty well and he's still pretty good under pressure. Yeah, I don't think the I think you you flip Teddy Bridgewater and Mac Jones. The teams are pretty similar to what they are this season. Um, because how little they're asking Mac Jones to do. And then when they have asked him to do, to uh, lean on him in the drop back pass game, it hasn't been that pretty. It's, it kind of mimics their pass protection is much better as well. Gosh, Broncos pass protection has been frustrating for me. And I know it's all my, about the my quarterback, overall but, point uh, is, is I'm ahead. not terrified of a rookie quarterback coming in and playing worse. Mm, mm-hmm. not. I'm not terrified about that. I'm terrified about the, what that could mean for the long-term projection of this team. Yeah. I am, I am he's okay, but I'm, now, you know, we owe him another shot. You know, I go back yes. to your point. So well, let's go get another one. If we, if we get lucky and let's, let's go Arizona Cardinals on this guy. Yeah. We took Malik Willis at 12, but we got a chance at Bryce Young at one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do yep. it. <laughs> and we have a deep, let's uh, thank you so much for the question. Miguel. Let's say Broncos get a cube. Don't want a QB already. Have you uh one? Are you drafting OL deal? Um, it totally depends on how the board falls. Right, like you, you want to see what they're like. If Demar, if, if uh, the top three offensive tackles in uh, Charles Cross, um, it, all right, I'm going to rephrase this because that's the easy answer. Okay, best player. I want. I, I, it depends on who's there, and I want the better player. I get that. Yeah. I'm going to rephrase this question for Miguel. What do you think is a bigger need, offensive line or the defensive line? Offensive line has the biggest question at the most valuable position at right tackle, where mm-hmm. I think that can make the biggest impact but you have a more across the line need at the defensive on the defensive line, if that makes sense. So like mm-hmm. um, you're going to have multiple spots in the defensive line that are going to need some work compared to the offensive line. And uh, looking at the Broncos defensive grades from this last game, um, the Broncos had, God, this is insane. Um, yeah, I've got it. I've got it right here. Four of their worst five graded players on the defensive line this last week are on the defense this last week were defensive players. Mike Purcell, 51.2. Deshaun Williams, 39.7. McTelvin Najim, 36.0. Shamar Steven, 29.9. Um, that's that's bad, folks. That is not good. And Shelby yeah, Harris. Shelby only Harris has, is the only one that graded fair at 63 and a half. And everybody else was everybody else was really bad. Um yeah. get back down to it again. And I think Miguel, you, you said earlier the, the Browns smacked us around earlier. Uh this this team isn't Jekyll and Hyde. They're very, very predictable. If you're physical in the trenches, you've got a really good chance of beating the Broncos. Yeah, and the one thing that's unfortunate about the offensive and defensive line is that typically, even first-round picks, unless they're a top-10 type of player, which 
I guess there are three offensive tackles that maybe fit that mold. I'm not sure if there are any true defensive linemen that fit that mold, but typically it's a two to three year projection kind of position where you're not drafting those guys at all for their first year impact. You're drafting them for what they can be 2024. Um, and uh, that coincides nicely with Draymond Jones getting paid with uh, Shelby Harris probably moving on. But again, you're not going to get that instant impact, which is a little bit rough, but you, you that's it. You always have to feed the fire. You always have to have that fire burning in the trenches. You have to continually invest in them. Otherwise, you're going to look like what uh, Minnesota looks like on the defensive line this year or maybe even Miami on the offensive line um, because they're relying on a bunch of rookies immediately. And guess what? Those guys don't always work out, and typically they take two to three years before they really start to take a hold. And that's one thing, too. Like Quinn Miners, it's unfortunate that he had to play this year, and we really love the splash plays, but his pass protection is a year away, and it was always going to be a year away, and hopefully he's better next year in that regard, but it's been rough so far this season in pass pros, and hopefully it'll get better. Uh, yeah, DWI guys. Pass blocking. Uh, Melvin Gordon fail. Javante Williams fail. Albert Kendall. Quinn Miners was a 68-9 in pass blocking. Yeah, Not too bad. Nick looks like he he may have frozen up a little bit on me, so I'm going to carry this for you. a second. <laughs> Unless it was me. Um, it's, it was me. It says, uh, but Ethan coming in, DWI guys, uh, with a big super. Appreciate you as always. So I don't feel like waiting another two years on a QB in the draft who may not pan out. I say get the sure thing in Wilson or Rodgers and do what needs to be done. That's easily the best route. If you can get either one of those two guys, you do it. Plain and simple. Mm -hmm. the, the problem is, is that's a great big if. It takes three to tango on that. Not just two, but three. You got to find the right deal from both sides of the Broncos, Seahawks, Packers, and you got to convince Rodgers and or Wilson. Mm -hmm. That's a lot a lot of convincing enemies done. Now, if they're going to be moved, it means it's, you know, mathematically speaking, I always think of the, of the, uh, the final four, you know, the, the 64 team tournaments, like mathematically speaking, winning all those games is almost impossible, but someone has to do it. <laughs> someone mm -hmm. has to be the team that wins all those games, yeah. but you know, winning six games in a row is hard. It's really hard, but someone has to do it. So if these guys are going to move, it's going to happen, but can you be the team? Can you be the one of those, you know, 10, 15 teams that can put together the package that can convince those guys to come. It, it's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard. Uh, I agree with you 100%. This is without a doubt the way you want to go. Best case, you got one of those two guys under center next year. Best case, no question. Yeah. And uh, the cost, you know, whatever it is, draft cap wise, it's, uh, it's fine. Um, and we have Jason Peters saying Nick needs to call out Shelby every week. That's the only way we see Harris produce. Her Shelby Harris has been fine. He's not really a difference maker, but um, you can do worse with him. The issue is when uh, your defensive line is decimated and you don't have any edge rushers um, and you need Shelby to be your best guy. Um, that's just, that's maybe an unfair ask for him. He's a, he's a fine player, but he's not a difference maker on that line. Um, and you want some difference makers. We got Ken Booker coming in and saying, good morning, fellas. We should draft a quarterback, even though we've never drafted a legit quarterback in the team's history. I would say Jay Cutler was a uh, legitimate quarterback. Uh, maybe he was a little bit of a doofus and didn't really have his heart <laughs> in the right place, but uh, he was a franchise quarterback for a number of years. So uh, I think that uh, I would push back a little bit. I know that, you know, if you ask a Broncos fan, um, they they would probably be biased against Cutler in that regard, but he, he made money in the league and he was good. There's a, there's a lot to like there with Jay Cutler. Um, I, I thought he was overrated, but that's because I thought people rated him you know, top five type of quarterback. And for me, you know, that's always one of my first questions. Well, do you think this guy's overrated? It's like, well, what do you think he's rated? Cause that's yeah. a relevant statement. You know, uh, when Jimmy Clausen was coming out, his quarterback coach called him the LeBron James of high school football. I'm like, see that that's overrated. Did he play as a number one guy? Yeah, he did. He had a great career at Notre Dame. 
Um, he lived up to that five-star status. So what do you think he's rated? Uh, for me, I thought Jay Cutler was a little overhyped, but definitely. So I, I thought of this, Ken, uh, and I appreciate you being here this morning. Last night when, when this came up a little bit about not drafting quarterback, uh, and it's a little bit like the Atlanta Hawks of the 80s. The Atlanta Hawks of the 80s were always a 50-win team, second round of the playoff and out, and always drafting in the 15 to 20 range. They could never get that guy. So when you're the Denver Broncos, you're a pretty good franchise. You're not the Detroit Lions, Cleveland Browns, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are drafting in the top 10 every three years. So the odds of that quarterback being available when you're drafting in a spot to get that franchise quarterback, the odds of that happening are pretty low. Um, so I'd have to really do some Dove Valley deep diving into the draft history to say, okay, how many times did you pass on an obvious guy? Um, mm -hmm. You know, so, and I think, you know, the in the recent history, the one that I think would rankle most people might say might be um, uh, when Bradley Chubb was taken. Yeah. Yep. And we got Jeremy saying we're the Nick defense color, but dislikes Drew. Very similar talent, but different hearts. I think you got to go back and watch uh, Jay Cutler versus Drew Locke side by side because Jay Cutler had a tears of tears difference arm talent than Cutler. Uh, Locke. Locke has a good arm. Cutler's arm was insane. Um, he had throws out there that you didn't see. Also, Cutler's mechanics. And because of that, his ball placement was night and day different than Drew Locke. That's what we were talking before the show, Scott and I. Um, believe it or not, the lowest graded player on the Broncos offense this lack, last week, according to Pro Football Focus, was Drew Locke, something like a 31. Um, and it was like the – it did kind of fall apart when the fumble happened. But the thing about Drew Locke is it's not just the bad decisions, which – he does have, and like, gosh, it's it's always frustrating because like I'm cheering for him because when he when it's good, it's beautiful, um, because he has the tools and the athleticism. But it's the poor decision making coupled with the lower body mechanics that are still. I mean, they're they're what they were his junior year of Missouri. It's it's driving me insane because like he acts like everything has to be a fadeaway with a muddy pocket in his base, even though even when the pass protection is fine, and that leads to ball placement issues, which just simply do not need to happen. Um, so that I think that. Uh, Cutler is a, uh, if you're going to grade these guys, maybe on the uh, the Pokemon scale, maybe Cutler is the, the Charmander, or excuse me, uh, um, sorry, I have to get this in there. Um, Drew Locke is maybe the Charmander, where Jay Cutler is the Charizard. Like, he's farther down the evolutionary tree. Maybe somewhere um, in line, similar, but uh, Cutler was better. All right, how many of you get the reference of the Pokemon scale? Because you might have been talking about bleeps and blockos, for all I know, on the Pokemon scale. <laughs> there's an age i always call jake cutler the dumbest smart guy i ever scouted um yeah world worlds of talent just loads of talent a poor man's brett Favre. um you know i mean brett brett Favre and john elway are my tears for this is basically as strong as an arm can get um jay cutler wasn't there but he's close matt stafford is close those are the guys that yeah. are that are have when i grade arm talent in my mind when i'm looking at quarterbacks that's the benchmark, Brett Favre and John Elway. Um, here's here's one for you too. Um, uh, Jay Cutler, arm talent, AP calculus. Um, Drew Lock, <laughs> arm talent, uh, maybe pre calc, maybe geometry. You know, there's 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 different grades here. There's, um, there's no math, no math, no math. Oh man, morning. we really leaned into the math on that one. <laughs> so, uh, quarterback Carson Strong from Nevada. Now I watched a little bit. No, I watched the Utah kid. I watched the Utah kid. I haven't watched Carson Strong from Nevada yet. So, uh, but Michael asked about him, and uh, and and. You know, what, what do you, th what have you seen so far? Um, thoughts on Carson strong, Nevada. He's a, uh, he's got the arm talent. 
down the field. He's got feathery vertical touch, which is something that you want in this offense um, to unlock these guys. Um, he is not an athlete as far as scrambling ability. He is definitely more of the the Matt Bryan mold when it comes to mobility, where you're going to have to have a run game um, and you're going to have to have solid pass protection because he's not going to be able to create out of structure that often. Kind of operate. I mean, really, the the athleticism there. Pro- I would say mimics a lot of his game. Really mimics uh, mimics Jared Goff. Um, because if it's clean for him and it's perfect, he has the arm, a really good arm. I mean, Goff went number one overall, but 10 years ago now, um, to hit the downfield throws. The big hangup for me is that knee. Um, there's a lot of concern about the knees. I know that Jim Nagy, director of the Senior Bowl, just said like, oh man, talk to somebody. Carson knees, Carson's knee is going to be fine. Well, Nagy, I'm going to wait to hear it from the combine people at the, uh, the doing the medicals there, because of course the guy who's bringing in the quarterback to his bowl game is going to say, hey, it's going to be fine. Come on down to Mobile. Um, so I'm, we'll see. Uh, but the, uh, the skeptic in me always asks whenever I hear anybody say anything, it's like, what does this person have to gain? Yes. What does this person have to gain by this? Uh, and Richie but Rich like coming it. in and say, Nick is a math guy. I suspect he did very well in advanced calculus. I actually tutored calculus in college. Um, there you go. I, uh, I'm a, I'm a, a math guy too. It's one of the reasons why Nick and I get along so well is the, the, I used to call it robotically logical minds. Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I really enjoyed. I think it's something that everybody should take in uh, high school. Our high school curriculum should have logic courses. Um, I took I uh, liberal arts school, little small liberal arts school in the Midwest. So I had a very wide um, education, uh, vertically or horizontally integrated, right? Um, but um, took some philosophy courses, and I will say the uh, the logic course really stuck with me. Um, I also well, took the. It's uh, nice to. It's now now we're going way down the rabbit hole on a. Tuesday morning before Christmas. It's it's good to be introduced to everything. Why do I have to do this, Dad? It's nice for you to get a taste of it, see what sticks. If you don't like it, get your try and get an A in it and forget about it. That's fine with me. Yep. Same same thing with uh, different cultures and walks of life, right? Like you want to be as versatile as possible because if everybody's thinking the exact same way, you're gonna probably be missing an obvious solution. You gotta have people. You can work in the media. <laughs> exactly scott <laughs> exactly um but yeah no it's i i fully do believe that you want to have integration and uh, diversity and f- different thought processes uh but um yeah carson strong i see jared goff jared goff is fine i mean he went to the gosh darn super bowl uh but he's always going to be limited in that way jared goff though on a rookie contract you have my interest that i think that's the big thing here and that's the truth with all these young rookie quarterbacks they're going to be on rookie contracts so you give yourself a five-year window yeah, and, and and again, since they fixed the draft around 2009, I think it was, it doesn't kill your team to miss on a quarterback. Uh, it used to be. It was just absolutely insane. The highest paid player in the NFL was the first quarterback taken in the draft. St. Bradford. I mean, that, that's insane. It's just, that's just insane. Yeah. And and the thing is, is the, the veterans, excuse me, fought for it, which I didn't get. You know, going back to the, the grades here, um, the top three highest graded guys kind of fit what we thought when we watched the game, look at the, the, the stats and everything. It's three linebackers, uh, Jonas Griffith, Baron Browning, and Jonathan Cooper. Um, and going back to uh, the offensive line or defensive line question, way flashback. That's how my mind works. The ADD, what? What are you talking about? Um, again, not to cop out on this, but I think right tackle is a big need. I think right tackle would help right guard. I think it would help the tight end position. Um, and I think edge is a huge need for for this team. So um, for me, I think those are about which would you rather have? Um, I would want edge first over the other line positions. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't want necessarily Jonathan Cooper and Malik Reed and, and Bradley Chubb as, as my three edge guys if I've got a, a first round talent that I can bring in there. Uh, and then if the right tackle is available, the, the right, no pun intended, the right, right tackle is available, I'd go that way. So for me, best player available of those two spots is, is what I'm looking at. So appreciate the stars as always, Miguel. Yeah. And I just, team building is my favorite. I think that's why Scott and I vibe so much. You're talking about this kind of stuff. Um, the, you talked about edge rusher being number one. I'd be fine in 2022 with the combination of Reed Cooper and Chubb, assuming they're all healthy. But the issue is two of those guys are free agents after 2022. Well, and And, one, you can't count on to play 17 games. I mean, not that you can anybody, but Bradley Chubb hasn't proven to be reliable to play out there as he's battled injuries. So I go in there with a big question mark next to his name. If I, if, you know, if I'm putting my draft board together and Mark and I'll say, okay, I'm good at wide receiver. I'm good at tight end quarterback is a big red circle. And yeah. then I probably put a, an orange question mark next to one of the, next to Bradley Chubb's name. Yeah. And I don't disagree with you at all, but <clears throat> the, the, the bigger point I was getting at here for the, the logic here is you don't look at draft picks for the impending season. What need you have? You need to look multiple years in the future because you yeah. have, okay. you shouldn't. That I think that really limits you um, and the potential talent in front of you in the board. Um, so if you go in, like, I just have to come walk away with this need in 2022. No, no, what what are... I mean, though, is if your biggest need fits best player available, that's the best oh, way to mesh yeah. things. So yes. if I need a quarterback, a cornerback, and Pat Sertan is there, I can plug and play him and win with him. Yes. You know, that, that that's what I mean by that. I don't yeah. mean, okay my biggest need is at quarterback. I'm taking a quarterback with my first round pick. No, 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 no. That's yeah. not what I mean at all. It's a very myopic view. Um, yeah. Word of the day, myopic. It's, uh, that's not what I, I like to use it. In it's draft try to fit them together best you can. And if it's close, go with the bigger need. If yep. it's not close, go with the best player. Um, you know, again, going back to this nine to 18 range, if all my grades are pretty similar and I've got five wide receivers and, and, and a right tackle is all the same grade, when I'm picking at 15 and I'm the Denver Broncos, I'm taking the right tackle. Even if I had one of the wide receivers just slightly ahead of those guys, because it's a bigger need for me. Yep. But uh, I think it's Jason liked uh, who is the general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's even said like Tampa Bay Buccaneers build their board based on the team's needs and what they project these players to be two years into the future. Sure. And that's the way to, that's, that's how you have to play the draft. It's an investment. Not, you're not, not an instant purchase. You're not walking out there. You know, it's like you're uh, you're, you're planting seeds, I guess, is the way to go. Um, and that's what you want to do. And that's how the boards look. You talk about edge rusher. You talk about offensive tackle. I will add one more position in there that I think is somewhat of a sneaky need for the Broncos, just how this team sets up. It's defensive back. Um, I know that the Broncos have invested a lot in the defensive back, but looking at the snap counts for this team, um, the Broncos had 53 defensive snaps uh, last week, and um, two of their top five snap getters are free agents next year, Kareem Jackson. Bryce Callahan, and also you're going to lose, be losing Kyle Fuller. That fifth defensive back spot is, especially the nickelback spot, is a complete unknown right now. You don't have anybody there. Bryce Callahan's gone, Fuller's gone, um, Kareem Jackson, all, all free agents. So if there is a safety hybrid that can come down and play the slot or another cornerback that can do some inside-outside stuff, especially with uh, Ronald Darby likely on the last year of his deal next year, Ronald Darby's injury history. Um, I would say that a uh, defensive back is actually pretty, pretty high up there as well. And if that yeah, fits, you can, then you can you never have enough. And then, then the guys you thought you had, you know, Bryce Callahan, Ojemudia, they go down and all of a sudden, wait, we're short. We play yeah. with five defensive backs as important as offensive line. Mm-hmm. And they're harder to come by. They're really yep. good 
ones, especially, you know, the, the cornerbacks versus interior, interior offensive linemen. So yep. it's always a need. If there's a guy there that I don't, I don't have any problem. I used to say, I, I, I'm never going to complain if you address the line of scrimmage, but I almost feel that way. I'm, I'm coming around with, on your line of thinking there in modern football on the defensive backs too. And, and Mr. Williams coming in here, uh, Leroy or Leroy, um, help me out with that one. Says I read an article this uh, this morning saying Fangio was the reason why Pat came to Denver. Um, in a he was getting asked during the four game losing streak about his future, Fangio's future, and he said Vic Fangio is part of the reason I came to Denver. Here, here's what I heard: blah 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 blah. Doesn't mean anything. So don't don't worry about that. If if he, if if Peyton doesn't think if he thinks he can upgrade that position in the offseason, he will. Yeah. Yep, totally. Um, luckily for the Broncos, maybe they see something here where maybe you don't have to hire um, Dan Quinn as your head coach. Now, I, this is just me putting on the uh, the tinfoil hat here for a second, but uh, it's not just Dan Quinn who has a connection with Russell Wilson. It's also Daryl Bevel and Marty Schottenheimer um, who were likely going to be on the move from Jacksonville now that Urban Meyer's out. So those two guys are going to be available. Maybe it's the combination of one of those two guys or both those guys uh, coming in here to Denver and being like, hey, Russell you had some of your best years with these guys and you know, their offense, and you know what they want to run and you have a familiarity because it's a familiarity league. It's a connections league. Maybe you want to come in here now. Um, so I think that's a, that's a possibility if you're trying to woo Russell Wilson with coaching staff, with guys he knows while also keeping Vic Fangio in here. And there is something to be said about Vic Fangio's defense. Um, it's been incredible this season. It's the flavor of the NFL right now. Um, everybody's trying to copy what Vic does. I mean, everybody has been copying what Vic does as far as the pre-snap two high looks and then using their safeties to spin into cover one or cover two or cover six or whatever match quarters. Um, and that's been, I mean, that's really just across the league. I don't know if you've watched that video that I sent you, Scott. I haven't. I will. Okay. It's really, it's a really, really yeah, good video. I will. Um, but uh, it's very X's and O's heavy. If you guys check it out, it's uh, Ben Solak on the ringer. Um, I've posted a couple of times on Twitter, but I could see them bringing back Fangio for that reason, but they have to they have to finish, I think, above 500. I think you need to see them win two of these next three games um, for even that to be a conversation. Uh, and that's going to be not a guarantee because you're injured. Uh, who knows what you're going to get from Drew Locke next week with the Raiders, even though the Raiders are bad. And uh, maybe that's enough. If you finish eight and nine, uh, that might be enough to get him out of there. Uh, Antonio Jones has an interesting question for you. Going back to the draft, would you have taken Slater or Sertan still? Uh Going back to the draft, I would take in Sertan. I still, this is a process over results discussion for me. And I am, that draft pick is such a huge investment that if there are big red flags, I'm probably still going to take you off my board, even if it doesn't work out the best way. Um, so the stuff with, for me, from where I sit, because I couldn't interview the guy or talk with his family coaches, you know, his middle school uh, principal, you would, you'd be in, in amazed how far back these uh, scouts go trying to get the character profiles on these guys. But like, Micah Parsons on the board. He's probably the best, one of the best defensive players in football. For me, where I sit, the stuff that he was, he did that was not ever pressed, but I mean, Penn State, come on, guys. Uh, that's that's enough for me to not have him on my board um, just because you have such a, if you can't not bust on that pick uh, and that could kill you and the stuff with his character and whatnot scared the bleep out of me. But uh, purely talent-wise, probably Parsons is the one you're looking at. But between Sertan and Slater, I'm taking Sertan. Slater's yeah, been great. Yeah, Sertan too. Yeah. I, I am. I think... I think the uh, serviceable offensive tackle, someone that you can get that can you can win with, is easier to find in free agency in the draft than it is to find uh, a Pro Bowl, a, a guy who th- could be a Pro Bowl level corner. I, I think 
the drop-off between a Pro Bowl-level corner and a serviceable corner is much steeper in your ability to win mm -hmm. games than a Pro Bowl-level right tackle versus a, a serviceable right tackle, if that makes sense. Hopefully it does. And Slater's been incredible. It's not. Uh, there's some talk about him being second-team All-Pro this season. He's not as good as Tristan Wirfs, but you know that's beside the point. Um, the one for me that is like has me questioning. Um, maybe this would have been the better move in hindsight. Is uh, the the Bears offered their 2022 first-round pick in a trade-up for Justin Fields, and the Broncos said, "I'm going to take Sertan." Um, and having imagine you have two uh, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, two third-round picks, and you're trying to go get one of Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers this season, you would have a massive leg up than what you have right now um even though you have a you have a seat at the table because you that have would five have been a pretty picks. steep drop though where where was the bears original pick that puts you in the, in the Adolfa oa range though wouldn't that's it? exactly what i was gonna say mm -hmm. i would have taken oa um at 20 because he's been one of the best edge rushers in football and he's just scratching the surface of what he can do athletically um also again scott watched the video talking about how edge rushers and uh, the styles have changed um but um oa would have been perfect for that uh, because he has the length and the ability to play half man and while playing uh, contain on the edge. It's how you have to beat Patrick Mahomes these days. Um, and getting that paired with the first round pick. Ah, man, who cares about hindsight? Ah, man. Uh, if you don't, if you don't learn from your mistakes, you're going to keep making yeah. them, you know, yeah. well, that's why we review the games. That's why yeah. we try to get better as scouts. I review back and say, and grade myself. What did I think at the time? How could I have done better? Because when you ask me the question, what do you think about this guy coming up in the draft? all that experience helps. Yeah. So that's that's part of uh, the reason why we do this. Uh, Nicholas coming in. Uh, Nicholas, I don't I don't recognize your name in here, so uh, appreciate you joining our show. Welcome. Uh, so why can't we get the ball to Jerry Judy? Give the man the ball and let him go off. Uh, at the very least, you're putting him in motion for 45 jet sweeps a game. Hand it to him once. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there, I, think the, I think that this offense really misses KJ Hamler. There's a lot of usage with Jerry Judy and taking the top off and stretching things horizontally or vertically that Hamler would do great at that. They're now using Judy for, and uh, it's just, that's not Judy's game. They don't really have a explosive uh, boundary guy right now that can create those space, uh, create the space and also really press you from the slot. Um, like uh, Hamler does. So that's a bummer for me. Give Judy the ball. Um, I hope Judy gets his butt reamed out this week because there was a couple plays where there were short passes to Tim Patrick or Cortland Sutton, where his effort in blocking was pitiful. And I get that he's not getting the ball. So maybe he's not dialed out, but buddy, you're, you're playing a professional. You're a professional. You're playing a mm -hmm. football game. Um, and there was a few, uh, again, the block attempts. It's like this team, you have to contribute in that way. Um, if you're going to win and if you're going to see the ball, you know, you have to go out there and do the dirty work to earn the reps. Uh, not, you can't just come in and be on my first round pick. No, you, you are a seventh round pick. As far as I'm concerned, as soon as you get on this team, go out there and contribute. Um, so they will hopefully get Judy the ball more this, this week. Um, but we'll see. And it's, it's kind of f funny to me, you know, everybody, Oh, why can't they get Sutton involved? Sutton has like eight targets in this game. And now Judy can't get a catch. Although he had, I think he had, well, now four he can't get Judy ball. there's only one yeah. ball. You know, yep. I, I've said that all year. It's always, it, it, there's, there's always a narrative after every game of who didn't get involved. Well, when we start talking about all the players, Okawebenam, Fant, Judy, Sutton, Patrick, Gordon, well, there's, there's seven, mm -hmm. you know, there's, there's only so many plays. Uh, and the other Jason, thing about, uh, welcome to the show. Good morning. It says, uh, why does our O-line look like they progress and then regress under Mike Munchak has to do more with the guys that you're lining up against mm -hmm. plain and simple. The, the offensive line is actually fairly steady i think they're i was thinking about this getting ready for the show the old um child of the 80s the the blood sport line when when frank uh 
Frank Dukes tells him to hit Chung Lee in the gut. Go for the, He's weak in the gut. Uh, you got a gut on the team. He's not weak. But this team on the offensive line, they're a little soft. They are. They're a little soft. And when someone comes after them and bullies them in the trenches, they've beaten them. Yeah. Uh, we can go the whole way through the, 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 the schedule. Eagles, Browns, Steelers, Ravens, Bengals. There's five-year losses right there off the top of my head. One thing in common, they're beating you in the trenches. Mm-hmm. So for me, it has to do more with who you're lining up against than, than the offensive line progressing or regressing on its own. And you are playing three guys on the interior that are on the rookie contract. Um, I think that's important, and a lot of these guys haven't played together. Uh, Cushionberry has been up and down. I'm fine giving Cushionberry another year if they want to go that way. Um, just because he is so cheap. And I would say that even though he is probably a below average starter at the center position, um, it's the offensive line is more of a collective than a singular guy. So I think that you can go relatively cheaper there, invest there. You do need to invest in a uh, developmental guy who can play garden center um, just for the way the contracts are setting up uh, with Dalton Reisner likely, uh, well, potentially on the move after next season. But uh, the interior offensive line has been erratic in pass protection. That's another reason. Why aren't you getting the passing game involved? You're protecting Teddy Bridgewater in the vertical pass game and volume pass game as much as you are protecting the offensive line because talk about a dichotomy. The run blocking versus the pass protection is night and day right now. Um, it's been rough. And, oh, man, Jeremy's coming out here. He's trying to hurt my feelings. Bloodsport is better than Pokemon. <laughs> I went as Ash from – I don't want to date anybody in here, but uh, back in 1998, I was a kindergartner. went as Ash for uh, – well, I think it was first grade, but I went as Ash for Halloween, the little Zs and the hat and everything. I was I was crazy person playing those first uh, Pokemon video games. My son pl- play, collected the cards, but he didn't do, uh, do the video games and stuff. He's in there playing a retro Grand Theft Auto uh, game Ooh. on his break. So we're, we're teaching – we're teaching him right. <laughs> Um, one of the cool things about living in LA was you get to run into those people all the time, not the Pokemon. Um, but, uh, the, the, uh, Jackson slash the ogre lived in my, lived in my complex. And it was, uh, I got to say, got to say hello to him, uh, passing by one time. So it it was fun. So yeah, uh, child of the eighties getting to meet the ogre from revenge of the nerds is, was, was pretty cool. Yeah, totally. So I guess that we got to talk a little bit of the Broncos now in last place in the AFC West, because that's what I titled the episode. And you guys just kind of dictated the conversation. And that's what makes these shows so fun is we don't know exactly which way we're going to go. The Broncos do now sit in last place though, in the AFC West, uh, that will likely not be the case. Um, it'll come down to this next game. Broncos and Raiders are tied right now. The Raiders own the head to head. Uh, that's why the Broncos are last place with the Raiders in third place. Uh, but, that head-to-head goes away, and it'll be the actual divisional record if it comes down to Chargers or it comes down to the Raiders and the Broncos. The Broncos will have that tiebreaker by beating the Raiders because they've already beaten the Chargers once, and the only AFC West win the Raiders have is against the Broncos so far. So, um, if the Broncos win this week, they have a chance to not finish last place in the AFC West in back-to-back seasons. Maybe you, maybe you're pulling for the last place in the AFC West because you want that last place schedule in 2022. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what to what to cheer for because I hate gatekeeping fans. Um, yeah, but when you start getting in divisional games, you want to win. You want to yeah. win, especially against those the are the people you have to live with a lot yeah. more often. Um, wasn't quite the same in the past when the geography was totally screwed up. When you know the Dallas Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals are in the the East, and you know the Atlanta Falcons are in the West. Seattle Seahawks, you know, those weren't exactly local rivalries for us 3,000 miles away. But, you know, you, you guys close enough around, you know, some Chiefs fans. Vegas is getting closer. The Raiders are 
moving closer. You know, what's mm-hmm. what's next? They're gonna they're gonna come Green over. Junction. They're gonna be the Colorado Springs Raiders. Grand Junction. <laughs> but you you wanna you wanna win. You you definitely wanna win on that, especially you know, the one the one that I'm looking at is you know, one, two, three, four. You know, when you you look at the top of the draft, it's like your Jacksonville, Detroit, Houston, and the Jets at two at two wins and three wins each. You're like, no more. I don't want to win again, please. So, but you know, Detroit may come in and beat the Falcons, who are zero and five at home, and Detroit's won two out of three. So, um, they could use some momentum too. But yeah, you want to win. You want to beat your division rivals. I don't care what else is going on. Yeah. Nope. I agree with you, especially the Raiders. Um, rough. Hate those guys. Um, and the Broncos haven't beaten them in too long. I think they've, they're on a losing streak against the Raiders right now. And Travis come in and saying, you're making me feel old, Nick. I was 22 in 1998. Ah, you know, sorry. Travis and I are about the same age. I'm older. (laughs) Well, that's, uh, one of my first memories. 1998 was, I was a big St. Louis Cardinal fan and it was the, uh, the home run chase, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa. Those were, uh, those were good years. Also, obviously the Broncos were winning Super Bowls in there. 1998 was a good year for me as a young fledgling sports fan. Um, Michael coming in here saying a great show today on the Broncos for breakfast with Nick and Scott. See you later tonight. Broncos country during building the Broncos. Go Broncos. Yeah. A lot Merry of Broncos. In there, Michael. You. So Merry Christmas to you, Michael in Tucson. Certainly appreciate you. Absolutely. We appreciate you. Well, guys, we got to get on out of here. Unless Scott, you have any uh, parting words before I do the, uh, the sign off here? Uh, yeah, real quick. I think uh, Richie's and they're having a conversation about the, uh, about no helmets, you know, it, it, and I've actually said it'll never, ever, ever happen. But you want to yeah. take concussions out of the game, remove the helmets. It's not necessarily a bad idea. You look at rugby and stuff. These guys use their helmet, use their heads as a weapon when they've got helmets on. Um, I, I kind of liken it to MMA versus boxing. Okay. I'm more likely to break my nose and get a black eye and get my teeth knocked out, but I'm probably not going to get the concussions like I am if we weren't playing helmets and MMA is very similar. I'm more likely to, to get beat up a little bit, to break an arm or do something like that. But in boxing, they're killing guys because I'm going to concuss you. Then we're going to count to eight. And if you can get up, we're going to do it again. You know, that's, that's how I feel about the helmet versus no helmet rule is to me is like boxing versus MMA. You're, yeah. you're more likely to get banged up a little bit, but you're probably not going to sustain the long-term damage. It'll never happen. Never, ever. But you're not the first person to think of that. Yeah, absolutely. And we got uh, Antonio coming here. I want to get to this one real quick. It was a comment I was just thinking about discussing this episode, but I, you know, I, I chose nonviolence this morning because uh, I'm coming off seeing my grandparents yesterday, and I'm just, you know, trying to be a uh, have a little bit of levity uh, to the conversation and have fun with it because Broncos country has been in a dark place. But um, Antonio Jones coming in here saying Locke needs to start these last three games. If it doesn't work out, then I'm okay with that. Do you think? Is, is Locke going to play these last three games? Obviously, let's just assume he's playing the Raiders game. But is he going to play these last three games? I think so. You think so? I think so. Okay. I think so. Oh. I, uh, You know, we'll see. Uh, I, I want him to. I don't mm-hmm. want Teddy to play anymore. For Teddy's sake. I mean, for, I mean let's, let's forget the competitive reasons, the play on the field reasons. Yep. Te- Teddy's had his egg scrambled twice, you know, and he went down limp and out cold yeah. on this last one with three games left on a seven and seven team. I don't, I don't want him to play again. Yeah. For me, for it'll sake. for his, I, sake. Agree, I agree with you hundred percent, especially cause I mean, gosh, I was coming out of that hit when they were talking about it. I'm like, God, I hope he can walk again. Cause I thought it was a, I thought it was a neck injury. The way his head hit. Yeah, I thought it was like I said, he went down face yeah. first, you know, it wasn't, it, was a spine. it wasn't, you know, a lot of times yeah. you'll see the back of their heads hit the ground on sacks 
or a knee comes in and hits him in the side of the head. But this was, I he thought went down accordion neck. Yeah. He went down that we called him the old sailor dives, you know, diving with your, with your, with your arms at your side into the pool. Uh, it was yep. scary. It was scary. I don't, I don't want to play again. I don't, yeah. I do not want him to play again. I can't set it five times in a row now. I don't need, that's how I feel about it. Yep. I agree with you. It's scary for me. I do think that if the Broncos win this week in spite of Drew Locke, rather than because of him, um, there'll be the concussion evaluation and with the Broncos potentially having a chance to make the playoffs. Um, I think they have a 96% chance of making the playoffs if they win these next three games. Um, so they don't control their own destiny, but like that's pretty good odds um, if 96%. So if the Broncos win this week against the Raiders, because the Raiders are falling apart and they're not very good and they win in spite of Locke, then I could see the staff, you know, being like, okay, Teddy, you pass concussion protocol. Like, do you want to go? And Teddy will say yes. I mean, it's not, a fair, yes. it's not a fair ask, but um, he will say yes because he's a good soldier in that regard. And uh, then you might see Teddy for the last two games. Uh, but um, we'll see what happens there. But uh, one game at a time, Drew Locke's going to have to go out there and play well against an absolutely terrible, bad Raiders uh, back seven. Raiders do have the ability to get after the quarterback with their front four, um, which makes me concerned because Drew Locke under pressure loses his damn mind. Um, but And the offensive pass protection has not been very good. But we'll see. Um, he could have one of his games like uh, when he went up against Carolina last year and everything comes together and it's clean and pretty. And the, once they get a lead, they can just sit on the ball and lean into the run game. Definitely yeah, possible. It's, it's a small enough sample size where you could get on the, the, the season-long curve. It's going to go like this. But you know, you might be able to just ride that for three games where you get good Drew Locke. Yep. And that's good for everybody. That's good for uh it's good for Drew and his future. It's good for the Broncos in the short term, and it's good for George Payton and the options that he'll have if he wants to move Drew in the offseason. Yep. Drew Locke just needs to protect the goddamn football. Sorry, I'm cussing. It's just it's it's driving me insane. And talk uh, there was a conversation earlier about Jay Cutler versus Drew Locke. Jay Cutler in today's NFL would have to change how he plays because the tr- the game has changed. You cannot turn over the ball uh, the way that Cutler did and the way that uh, Drew Locke is right now because turnovers have dropped by like a hundred percent in the NFL. Um, they've they've changed a lot and it's really changed the game. I mean, teams really understand that turnovers are unacceptable and it puts your defense in a bad spot and you can't win games turning the ball over. Um, and you'll even live with the the uh, less explosive plays if you're not giving the opposing offense plus field position constantly because you're turning the ball over. You just cannot have it. So Drew Locke, don't try to do too much. Just play within the scheme, get the, make the right read and uh, protect the damn ball. That's, that's the biggest thing. If you can do that, you're going to have a chance to make some money in this league. But if you keep turning the ball over, like you have been, you're not even going to be paid as a backup because you can't even have that. I'm a, I'm a big baseball fan and I've used this reference before. Give up your three runs in the first and settle down. <laughs> this is what Bam Mags is saying here. Let him turn over on the first series. and will be fine for the rest of the games. Like, get it out of the way. Get shells the against- first inning and then throw a shutout and then finish, you know, seven run, seven, seven innings, three runs. That goes against what you saw this week, though, Scott, right? I when uh, the turnover happened and Drew, then it fell, Drew fell off a cliff after that turnover. Um, yep. He was playing really well and then it went to trying Chaos. to force things a little too much and, and trying to make up for it. And it, it went bad. So he needs he needs early success. He really does. Yep. Protect the goddamn ball, period. <laughs> It's like he needs to have that like written. Make me change my rating on YouTube for the ads on here. Is there cussing? Yes. Lots. <sighs> yeah. It's, it's just, I don't even know. Like if I was coaching middle school for that zone read where he made the wrong read, like that's a middle school read. It really is. Teams are running that in middle school. And they had uh, run he, that before too, on the third down play, a few plays earlier, you know, and, and you, you give it to the running back. You got two of the best running backs in the game. Give it to the running back again. I don't, I don't really think you expect, 
expect, you know, and maybe that's part of it. They don't expect me to do this. I don't expect this defensive end to stay home. Um, you know, you get it in your head. This is what I'm going to do because this is what I've seen. Again, why give them that option then? I, I don't know. It, we could we could go back and forth on that one forever. It makes sense from a numbers game, but like if, and if you can't trust you lock to make the right read on a zone read where he's reading one player, I don't even know what you can trust him to run. Like that's, that is legitimately, that's a middle school read that teams implement that in middle school. You read the defensive end. If he stays home, you give it to the running back. If he crashes, you pull out. And it was obvious. I just, uh, trying to do too much, do less luck. Do less. All right, guys, we got to get out of here. We love you. Um, you can find Scott and I on Twitter. Scott is at Scout Kennedy, and I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at Huddle Up Pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you guys are on Facebook, make sure you're joining our communities there at facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle as well as facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. If you guys are listening after the fact or you have an iTunes account just in general, make sure you head there, find Huddle Up Podcast. Go down there, leave us a five-star rating and a review. Say Nick sent me. Um, he would not stop bothering me until I left this review. So uh, that's uh, <laughs> leave me alone. Stopping me on Twitter. Stop that's it, a- Nick. Harassment. Um, Got to leave me alone. Uh, but yeah, head there, leave a, a five-star review. Uh, we'd really appreciate that. If you guys have a YouTube or you're watching us on YouTube, you come across came across us on YouTube, make sure you head on over there. Make, make an account, first of all. Uh, head on over to a Huddle Up Pod, uh, Mile High Huddle. Subscribe to us there. Hit that bell notification so you know when we go live. Um Nick's 21 Xmas card is a win that protected goddamn. Ball. I mean, it's, I cannot, I cannot emphasize how important that is for a football game. I, I, you just cannot have it in today's NFL. It's, it's crazy how much that's a, uh, that's correlated to winning. That's I'm interrupting your reads, but I'm having fun with you guys. You, you guys are great. This is so much fun in the mornings. I appreciate y'all. Yeah. And uh, you guys got to make sure you're hitting us up on Twitter as well. Show me your festive gear. I'm, I'm rocking the, uh, not so ugly Broncos Christmas sweater and the hat um, because I left my huddle up gear at home. So uh, I only asked for one thing, so I better get it. Uh, my Broncos for breakfast beanie. That's the only thing I asked for. You know, I'm old. What what do I get that isn't like, what do you want that isn't, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars? <laughs> Reminds okay, me of the SNL skit last year. But I yeah, do want a beanie. Hungry. I'm getting a beanie for Christmas. So you will see me rocking the, the Broncos for breakfast beanie before too long. Well, good. And uh, make sure you guys are also seeing Scott rock on his channel over at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy, where we will be going live tomorrow to talk draft the Falcons NFL in general um, on, uh, on his channel. What time, what time is that at Scott? We'll I'm, go at 10 a.m. Eastern tomorrow morning. And, uh, and Ethan comes in and says, congrats Scott on getting the 1000 subscribers. I uh, appreciate you. I couldn't have done it without this community. And it means so much. I mean, I'm going to go down to senior bowl. I'm trying to talk Nick into going with me. And I shoot a bunch of highlights and stuff. And draft weekend alone, if my channel had been monetized during the draft, that weekend alone, I would have made about $1,500 on my uh, my Senior Bowl videos. That's a big deal. So, yeah. like I said, that's, that's life-changing, what this can do for me and what I can do to help provide more content and have more fun with this group. And I couldn't have done it without you. I can't thank you enough. Yep. I agree. hundred percent. Um, hopefully we'll go down there. I have three weddings to go to this year. So uh, that makes my vacation days a little sparse, <laughs> especially cause I'm in every single one of the weddings, which means it's not just the wedding. It's the, all the things surrounding them, but we'll see. I got to get down to the senior bowl at some point. That seems even more fun than the uh, NFL combine. So we appreciate you guys. We're going to see you out there. Um, Broncos for breakfast. Pea coats coming up next. That'd be great. And Richie and says Broncos for breakfast reading glasses. There we go. <laughs> and we also have a, uh, the beanies are in the store, so make sure you check that out, EJ. They're they're there. Um, so we'll see you guys tomorrow morning on Scott's channel. I'll see you guys tonight for Broncos for Breakfast. 
Everyone stay safe. Be smart. Uh, choose kindness. Choose compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.